You're listening to the Wonderlusting Wives podcast, your podcast for escaping life's monotony, indulging in your wildest travel fantasies, and discovering the constant beauty of this ever-changing world. On today's episode, best-selling author Kathleen Donnelly Israel shares about her beautiful experience on the Camino de Santiago. Welcome to the Wonderlusting Wives podcast. We are your navigators, Allison and Regan, and welcome to another Travel Tuesday. We have a really, really great story lined up here for you today with a really great guest who will be telling that story. Uh, but before we get started, uh, as always, just another reminder and a plug to check out our website, www.wanderlustingwives.com. And there you can find easy links to all of our episodes, uh, Travel Tuesday and Wander... Uh, Sorry, we are the Wanderlusting Wives, but the Wildcard Wednesdays, you know what I'm talking about. You've been here every week with us. Uh, but you can find all the links to all of our episodes on our website. Uh, more information about us, you can reach out to us there. And uh, Allie, what are the other ways that people can get in touch with us? Yeah, social media is where we're most um, active. So Instagram is at Wonderlusting Wives. Facebook is Wonderlusting Wives Podcast. Twitter at Wonderlust Wives. And then we also have an email address if you want to share some of your travel stories with us, if you want to be a guest on our podcast, or if you just want to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. So our email is wonderlustingwives at gmail.com. And like Regan said, we have a very special guest today. We have Kathleen Donnelly Israel, and she is here to share about her adventures on the Camino um, Santiago. So Kathleen, want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I, the first time I went on the Camino, I was 69 years old. I spent my 70th birthday on the Camino, uh, really excited. I, my, I took care of my husband for many years while he had Parkinson's, and I got the bug to go on the Camino. About five years before he died, my friend went on the Camino, and I, I saw that she was doing something very special for herself, so I just thought... You know, when Ron's done with the, his disease, that's what I'm going to do. And so that's what I did. Um, I, I'm i a transformational breathing facilitator. I teach people breathing uh, to, uh, <clears throat> to process their emotional trauma. And um, a Theta healer, I go up to Theta and, and ask God for healing for people. Um, so I, I do a lot of things, and um, I was just so happy about being able to go on the Camino. I was very excited about that. That sounds like uh, such a great, like, symbiotic uh, experience for you with this, like, healing practices that you engage in, and then also this Camino, which is such, like, a kind of self uh, reflective experience. So how how was that for you in terms of like kind of melding those two experiences? Right, because uh, the Camino is a walking meditation. You're walking every day. You're walking and you get to be on a trail that has been walked by so many pilgrims and it's... Um, just I'm an artist also, so just seeing the art on the Camino, the ancient art, and the um, just walking, you walk by some garage, and it's all painted with, like, 
pickles with wings on them and stuff like that. You know, it's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it was just um, so many just novel experiences that um, I just couldn't believe it a lot of the time. I went on, I was walking along one day and I saw, I thought it was a castle, but it was a convent out in the, in the, you know, you're walking along, you can see far away sometimes and saw this castle and I got there. And it was like the convent of St. Antoine or something like that. And I, I, um, it had spires, beautiful spires. You could tell it's, it was a ruins because some of the walls were down. But they still had beautiful arches and spires. And I just walked in through one of the arches and I could hear Irish fairy music. And I was like, whoo, this I love that stuff, you know. And and then I looked over to the right and under another arch there was um this guy, he was making egg salad sandwiches. It was this Filipino man with a white t-shirt and a green plaid kilt. And uh, I was just like, where am I, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, yeah, it was, you never know what you're going to see um, yeah. on the Camino. But the, you know, the churches and, and I am actually Catholic. So, I mean, at the end of the line in Santiago, it's a Catholic church that you end up at. So um, it was very special for me in that way, too. I have a question about, like, for our listeners who may not have heard of the Camino before, um, Kathleen, would you tell us where the Camino is located and where you go from and to? There are many Camino trails, but the most iconic one is called the French Way. And you start in Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port in France. And then you walk over the Pyrenees and you walk through Spain to Santiago and it's basically 500 miles. I think it's like 489 miles or something like that. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, it's something you don't just do on the spur of the moment. Or maybe you, I guess you could if you, if you have your stuff together. It took me quite a while to prepare. Um, and it, Santiago St. James was one of the uh, apostles of Jesus. And there's a story that he went to the Iberian Peninsula to tell people about Jesus. And he wasn't really su very successful in, um, in making people believe him. Uh, and so he went back to Jerusalem and they martyred him. And then uh, the story goes that angels brought him back to Spain and he was buried there. And everybody loves St. James. So that's why they started doing these pilgrimages. And like in Europe, you can just walk out your front door and start walking to Santiago. But here in the U.S., we got to you know, go across the pond and, you know. <laughs> a little trickier. <laughs> a little trickier. Right. Right. But it, it's just, it's a wonderful experience. So a wonderful meditation. And um, just about one third of the people who walk the Camino are doing it as a spiritual act, you know, pilgrimage. Um, most of the people there just want to do really something very special and meaningful to themselves, um, not necessarily a religious thing. And you were walking this by yourself, correct? I'm sure you met people along the way, but you mostly walked the trail by yourself, right? 
yeah, I asked my friends if they'd like to go, and actually one person said yes, but she ended up not going. And I met people along the way, and I think that's the the most wonderful experience. What um, is the people that you meet? And somebody told me that there's crabby people on the uh, Camino, and their crabbiness is to help you grow spiritually. So I, I did meet some, you know, people that were like not very nice. But I knew that's what was going on, so that was that was fine. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned this idea of growing spiritually along mm-hmm. the Camino. So, if you don't mind me asking, what did that mean for you, the spiritual growth? Um, well, I had just finished taking care of my husband. He was sick from two thousand one, and he died in two thousand eighteen. So when you're a caregiver, you just kind of, I mean, I, I sacrificed my health to care for him. And Mm -hmm. so when, and we, you know, we were both religious and did prayers and stuff while he was sick too, but I, my health went way down while I was caring for him. And so, um, and also, one other thing is I went right from my mother's house to my husband's house. And even though we were both young, and I was actually in charge. I mean, I had, we had five kids. I was in charge of a lot. So, um, But I never um, lived on my own, ever. I never um, had that experience. So there I was all by myself over in Spain. I mean, I knew how to do it because I had a book and it told me how to do it. Um, but I had to find food for myself. I had to find a place to stay. Um, so I guess what it told me is that I could take care of myself and, uh, and spiritually, like when I started, I thought, Oh, I'm going to stop in every church along the way, but most of the churches are locked. So, um, I would maybe go and there would be a park with a statue of a saint or Mary or or something like that. And and I would go and say my rosary there. Uh, Every once in a while, there was a church that was open, but it, it seemed like, you know, there's parts of the church that need protecting and the way the world is now, they really do need protecting. And so maybe there would be a church and they would have a gift shop right in the back of the church and then there would obviously be somewhere to watch someone to watch the church and so they could have it open the the art was so beautiful for me um the ancient statues of mary holding jesus on her lap it was like they took a hunk uh, like a section of a tree and started carving and you know it wasn't really very delicate <laughs> you know and it was kind of chunky and it was a it was a beautiful statue. And whenever I saw one, because they were kind of like many places had them like that, which were like ancient statues of. There were also beautiful pieces of art that were delicate and um, just like wooden statues painted with paint, and they were from, you know, the thirteen hundreds or something. Um, just very very beautiful. 
That's amazing. Everything about it from like personal growth and experiences to like the nature surrounding you and like the history, quite honestly, surrounding you too. And in the United States, we don't have that deep history. So to be in a place that has it, it just sounds so magical. Yeah. And that's another little chunk is that um, my parentage came from Europe. And uh, so those were my old buildings, you know, those were my my history. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, um, I've had people from Europe kind of make fun of our historic places that are only like 200 years old or something. And, (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, well, your, your old buildings are my old buildings too. Um, I, you know, so, yeah. (laughs) And I really, I was in a, I was in a a place in um, I guess it must have been in Spain in um, don't remember what the name of the town was but it was a big castle and it had a, kind of a big square of grass area with colonnades around and when I went in mm. there I just felt like I had been there before so maybe one of my ancestors <laughs> or something that <laughs> you don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. Yeah, was that was that was kind of a neat, weird feeling. And there, in Burgos, they have the um, sarcophagus of El Cid, which in San Diego, in the middle of Balboa Park, there's a statue of El Cid. So when I saw El Cid on that (laughs) on that casket, I was like, oh. Elsie, I know who you are. <laughs> I've been looking a at Elsie since I was a little girl. <laughs> Did you grow up in San Diego? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, my excellent. And yeah, the thing I just I just love San Diego. I would love to live somewhere else, but you know what? I love San Diego. So I'm just fortunate because uh, the real estate is very expensive here, and I'm just lucky mm. I got here before that. You know. And you could yeah. still afford a house. So. If it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> right. Thank you, God. <laughs> so at this point, you've walked the Camino Santiago and the Camino Portuguese. Are you planning any more trips in the future? Um, is this kind of it for your Camino walks? Next year, I want to celebrate my 75th birthday on the Camino del Norte. And that is walking along the northern coast of Spain. So it, mm. it's, uh, you have to go inland to go down to Santiago. You know, it's not totally on the, but I, I love the ocean. And um, so I think that's going to be very sweet for me. I, it's more difficult than the other ones. And so I'm like a little bit scared about that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, maybe I shouldn't have saved that one for last, right? <laughs> but You um, got it. I'm so impressed. Like that is, <laughs> that is amazing that you're like taking the time to do this, honestly. Like it doesn't matter. We're all going to age at some point. But like taking the time to do the things you want to for as long as you're able. That's incredible. Yeah. So yes, do that harder trail. <laughs> I just have to keep walking. I, I, um, every morning I walk to church in the morning and, uh, it's like two miles, one mile there, one mile back, but I go up a really steep hill. And so I think that's keeping me, you know, healthy. So yay. 
<laughs> how do you that's actually a great point how do you prepare like I know when you're going to we had a guest on recently who talked about doing half marathons and how he would prepare by running every morning and increasing his mileage or whatever um yeah. how do you prepare for a trip like this well when I decided to do it I thought oh I was walking twice twice or three times sometimes a week for five miles with my friend down on Mission Bay, and that didn't even make me sweat. And I thought, well, I could just walk five miles before lunch and five miles after lunch, and I'd be good. I, I thought, ten, you know, 10 miles a day, 500 miles, 50 days, I could do this, you know. And uh, so, and then my sister-in-law said, Kathleen, you're going to have to walk up mountains. So she went and found all the mountains in San Diego, and we walked up them. <laughs> and, yeah, and then after a while, I, w I took my pack with me and walked up mountains. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's that. Um, but after, um, I don't know, while I was taking care of my husband, I was pretty, I felt pretty weak because it, you know, it was really intense. And then mm -hmm. uh, I tried to walk up this uh, Coles Mountain and with my daughter before, you know, while my husband was still alive and I was just like dragging myself up there. And then uh, when my sister-in-law took me up there, I was, it felt like I was just skipping up there. I, it wasn't difficult at all. So I think, you know, I, I just got better after I wasn't caring for him anymore. <laughs> and, and really I had my angels with me too. So they really softened the load. There were times when really weird things happen. Like I was going into Port Marin and I was, uh, you had to walk down these, this, well, they're, they seem like steps for giants. Like I would, you know, you would have to kind of like sit down on a step and put your legs down and, and, you know, it was like really tall steps. Oh and, goodness. um, and anyway, I was walking down and really I was sick at the time. I got sick a couple of times on the Camino and hmm. so I was ill and I don't know if people like were looking at me like this lady needs help or what, but two guys, they took my two arms, like they were holding me up. And then this other guy got down in front of me and he was like, um, wiping away the rocks so that when I stepped down, I wouldn't step on little pebbles. I, it was surreal. Oh. I was like, what's going on? Um, and I guess I'm thinking it was my angels. I really don't know, but it was very surreal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a beautiful experience, too. Just like, I mean, I, I feel know. like we're so we're often faced with like the darkness of humanity, too. And so it's mm. like to have an experience like that or something where you are being helped just yeah. out of the goodness of someone's heart or like whatever it is. That's yeah. that's beautiful. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. The entire web becomes listenable for the first time all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling and start listening. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or even the Kardashians. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. And the best part, they have podcasts. 
Explore trending podcasts from over 80 countries. You can even find us there. I started using it as my default podcast app. They even have a digital radio. Download and use Newsly for free now at www.newsly.me or from the link in the description and use promo code WIBES. That's W-I-B-E-S. And you can get a one-month free premium subscription. You can find all this information in our description from this episode. And now back to our episode. I know, some of these memories, like when I wrote my book, it was so much fun because I was just remembering all this stuff, you know. Yeah. Did you always intend to write the book or was that something that was a product of when you got back and you were just so filled that you needed to write the book? Well, I was taking care of Ron. I had a lot of emotional trauma from my childhood. I had a really traumatic childhood. And and so I was, um, I had to be home, right? And so at night I would go online. There's this guy, Darius Barazunda, and he had, he has teachers on and they will teach you about healing. And so I would just listen to Darius every, every once in a while. And, and then he would have a teacher on and sometimes I would buy their program, you know, maybe $67, whatever. And then they would send me these CDs and stuff and I would do the work, sleep, sleep tapes and all the things that they told me to do. And, uh, and then, um, after a while, they would be like, ah, oh, this isn't interesting anymore. And I felt like God was sending me another teacher and would buy, buy their program and I would do their work. So it just seemed like all that time I was taking care of Ron, I was learning so much. And then I felt like I had, um, I had some knowledge that had helped me that I could share with somebody. And so that's what I wanted to write the book about. And then when I got home, I was felt like, oh, I didn't, I didn't want to seem teachy because I didn't feel like an expert. And so I remembered that I had told people all those things on the Camino. Like I meet people and I tell them some of the stuff. And so I wrote my book about walking the Camino and telling people those teachings. So that was, I, I hid the teachings in the book. <laughs> so <laughs> That it was, makes a good author. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, like when I did the, you know, you do a mind map first when you're writing a book and my mind map was the teachings. And then I went through and I wrote down who I taught, who I told those things to. And then I connected the timeline. And so that's how I kind of went in, um, into it backwards. You know, gotcha. um, so, but yeah, the, the nature on, uh, the Camino was incredible. You know, Northern Spain is like Northern the U S you know, and it's all mm. rainy and they've got beautiful, you know, waterfalls and creeks and it's just, it was really amazing. And I went in April when it was just barely not winter anymore. I mean, when, the first thing you do is you walk over the Pyrenees, and I didn't even get to do that because it was snowing on the Pyrenees. I had to walk around. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, whenever you go there, that's what you get. You know, you, whatever it is, that's what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Did you choose that time of year for a specific reason, or was that just like when you were available? Uh, in studying about the Camino, spring or fall are the best times to go because the summer's mm-hmm. so hot and the winter's dangerous. 
So mm-hmm. I I decided to go at the end of March. Uh, I actually went to Paris and spent a week as a tourist because so I wouldn't have jet oh. lag. Yeah I, yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to start walking with jet lag. And so, <laughs> um, so I, you know, I went to Paris. That was really fun too. And then, um, then I took a plane to uh, Baritz and. Uh, cab over to Bayonne and then uh I took a train to Saint Jean Pied de Port and that's where I started. So that's what quite the journey. Yeah, yeah. And you know it's so funny because here in San Diego I drive everywhere. I'm in charge of getting me somewhere on time. I mean the traffic might plug me up or something, but and but when you're over there, that's not what you do. You get on the train and it takes you somewhere. And I just, um, I was worried about getting places on time because I wasn't in charge. I was like, I have to put Mm -hmm. myself on a train and they're going to get me there or not. And I was like a little bit stressed out about that. And then I met this guy and I was telling him about it. And he goes, what do you think that we, this is what we do here. We we take the train. (laughs) We don't take a car and the train gets us there on time. You know, don't don't stress out about it. So yeah, that's certainly (laughs) different. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. I love that you went in the springtime. It doesn't seem intentional, but you had all these Mm. new beginnings and springtime is known for new beginnings. So I think it's really special that, you know, you're worried about, you know, going from place to place. Maybe that was something new for you. You know, your husband had passed away. This is a new chapter of your life that you're starting to live for yourself. And I think it's beautiful that it was so symbolic, even though you didn't necessarily mean for it to be um, that way. That was just, you know, recommended. But I think it's so beautiful that it aligned um, with your journey, especially since it was such a spiritual journey for you. That's absolutely right. Well, one really cool thing. I used to go to school in Switzerland and I would go in June. I could have gone in June or July, but I went in June. And the reason why it was so cool is because the flowers were all out in June. They, you know, oh. it's all blooming and uh and if I had gone in July they had already they mowed all the fields right when I was leaving so the people in July didn't get the flowers and oh, what uh, a bummer yeah so that was a cool <laughs> thing and then uh when I went okay so I started walking and I saw these trees and they had blossoms on them and then all of a sudden all those kind of trees had flowers on them. And then towards the end of my journey, those trees had the buds and pods on them, you know, the pods that were going to make the seeds. So I I felt like I had just gone through the whole uh, cycle of these, this one tree, you know, (laughs) that was really cool. How unique. I know. It's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love that, uh, that observation too, about spring that you made Allie and just like, that and that to add to it, the kind of the life cycle a little bit of those trees and, and the flowers mm-hmm. and then the buds and everything, like the pods, that's that it feels so uh unintentionally symbolic in so many more ways. It's just like it's it's really beautiful. Your story's absolutely gorgeous. Another thing is that I had no idea that this would be so important, but I went during Holy Week. Holy Week was during the time I was there, 
And mm. so I took Holy Week off and I stayed in a town and I became one of the church ladies. I felt like oh. I was sitting with all the widows or something because nobody had a husband where I was sitting and we were all old ladies. And, and they started smiling at me like, like they recognized me or something after a while. And, and it was, that was really sweet. And, um, all the time there, all I had was my hiking boots, you know, and uh, I wasn't dressed up for Easter, but, you know, I, that's where I was. Um, one interesting thing is that um, in America, it's against the law to expose yourself, but over there, you just need to pee in the bushes. And so um, that was a problem for me. It wasn't a problem for the <laughs> European people at all. Uh, but I just decided from then on that I would wear a skirt. Do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. Halfway through, I took one of my pairs of pants and I cut them off and made a skirt out of them. So I wore that most of the time, the second half of the trip. And That's then the, so smart. When I went, um, when I went to, in um, Portugal, I did not take any long pants at all. I just took three skirts. That's all. What a good recommendation for anybody who's listening who might be thinking of doing something similar. That's brilliant. <laughs> and I, I made this beautiful silk skirt. Out of, I had gotten this silk from um, Etsy.com, and it was from Japan or something, and it was just beautiful, delicate silk. And I just thought, well, it'll be lightweight, you know. And so I made just a gathered skirt out of it. And I wore that quite a bit, and I had people just really compliment me on on my on my flowered Aww. silk skirt that I was wearing with tights and hiking boots. <laughs> <laughs> Aww, that's amazing. Well, that is about uh, our time for now. I know you have um, a book that shares a lot more about your journey. So do you want to share with our listeners where they can find your book? Um, anything special that you want to share with them about your book? Okay. Um, the book is wisdom on the Camino, a spiritual journey, sharing forgiveness and possibilities to inspire the rest of your life. And, uh, it's on Amazon. If you just put in wisdom on the Camino, um, it's, you get it. Uh, I'm Kathleen Donnelly Israel. Yeah, uh, my website is wisdomonthecamino.com. Uh, so the other thing is I have a gift for my readers. Uh, right across from the table of contents, it says, read this first. And so what it is, is it tells you how to go and double opt-in. You have to double opt-in. I'm sorry, but you just, you know, that's how it is nowadays. And and then uh, you can see the pictures. So I've got them organized in chapters. So when you read chapter one, you can see the pictures of chapter one. Because all my friends tell me, you should put the pictures in the book. And I'm like, yeah, and then it'll be $50 for the book. So um, I decided to just give it as a gift to my readers. That's wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. I can't wait for our listeners to hear this. It's just going to, I know it's going to inspire them. And we're just really appreciative of your time and sharing with us. Well, I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to the Wonderlusting Wives podcast. Come escape with us again every other Tuesday for Travel Tuesdays and every other Wednesday for Wildcard Wednesdays. 
don't forget to give us a subscribe and a follow on all of our social media and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until next time, wander on.